Creative Collective Podcast, hosted by Shomari KRL. So it's called Waiting for the Stage. And of course, I have my team of people with me here tonight. So let me start going around in the circle. I'll start with the ladies first, because, you know, uh, Mr. Job, we have to start with the ladies first. So let me start with the lady to my right, which would be my right, I guess, or the left, my right. Um, I think it's so. Yeah, I think so. We just make sure and get my right. Good. Yes. All right. So let me start with the with the young lady with the with the, the monokini behind her and the, the Monday we are right behind her. All right, so she is known as the director of JFab The Brand. Um, and as I said before, in dealing with Carnival, she is known for having very creative road sheet designs. She has done work for such international brands as Fusion Mass in St. Lucia, uh, the Soka Mania section for Notting Hill Carnival and Bacchanal JA in Jamaica in 2018. Of course, she was uh, the, she partnered she was one of the first individuals to partner with somebody to bring an all-inclusive band to tobago called zane carnival and now she is pivoting into the business um, of jfab the lifestyle brand i'm talking about miss sabrina surio also known as miss jfab i have that correct right just let me know if i have that correct right yes i have it correctly let me make sure on mutual right that's correct right yes yes that is super correct right good yes. fantastic all right so the other young lady who is smiling at the bottom the quintessential red woman of trinidad and tobago she is a production manager and the director at yuma and for people who still don't know what yuma means it's young upwardly mobile adults that's correct as well right good care. because a lot of people don't know that right um the band has been in existence for 11 years now with um coming into existence in around 2010 the band not only caters to the tnt market but also has made linkages with other bands such as Exodus in Jamaica and Just for Fun in St. Lucia. So I'm talking about Miss Tanya Gomes, the production manager from Yuma. Good night, Miss Gomes. Good night, sir. Thank you for and, having me. And of course, somebody who is no stranger to the Creative Collective. We had him last year for the Blueprint. Um, he is an investor in Mars. Um, he was also involved in Paparazzi Carnival between the years of 2018 and 2019. Of course, the 2018 um, section was the Bourgeois, 2019 was Temptress. Um, he's also been involved in brand marketing in Bacchanal, Jamaica, and he does events for Carnival, not just here, but in other countries as well. And I want to shout out the St. Lucia Posse because he has done a soca raft up in St. Lucia with Fusion Mass. So I'm talking about the section owner and the managing director of CAT, Mr. Gleason Job. Gleason, thank you for being with me as well tonight. I am so fortunate to have these three people on a Sunday night. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really grateful. And especially Tanya, well, we spoke in the waiting room about this before. So I'm really, really happy to have you guys with us here tonight. Again, to everybody that's joining us in the chat tonight, you can make your comments on YouTube, on Facebook, and you'll see it throughout the entire night. All right. So I want to start with, with Tanya because... I want to try to set the tone for Yuma. Yuma right now is one of the biggest bands in Trinidad and Tobago Carnival, hands down. Um, every year you guys have a lot of elaborate work and I'm sure that it is a logistical challenge to be able to put on a band of that size and that magnitude on the road. Um, before we really get into the challenges that, that, that go with that, um, you have been involved with the band for a sense inception. Um, tell us where the idea of humor came from and how challenging is it to put on a band like humor annually on the road? Um, 
Yuma was born, well, the name was born at um, Miami Carnival in, I think it was 2009, um, where the co-founder, the late co-founder, I should say, Stefan Montai. Um, yes. We were deciding on a band name. He insisted that we have to have a band for Carnival because there was a gap in the industry. And then Carnival is something that he believed um, within himself with his whole heart. He invigorated a couple of people to start band, to start um, mass making. And I wasn't part of this originally um, in those conversations there, because for me, I always said that how I didn't mind throwing parties, but when you get into carnival mass and trying to outfit people and all this other drama is just too many, it's just so many challenges that right. I, I'm just cool chilling at the events. But um, the other director of Yuma, which is my, who has been my business partner for over 20 plus years, Sean Burkett, um, for some reason, wherever he goes, I end up. So I um I ended up in Yuma by I always say by default um from that time. In terms of having to put together a band of that size, we go for like 3,500 masqueraders. It's a safe number. We don't want to cross that because we try to keep it as manageable as possible because right. we deal with 3,500 personalities, which is masqueraders alone. And then you have you probably have over a hundred other personalities to deal with. Um, when you speak about staff and um, production people, designers, bartenders, um, the people that make carnival happen. So when, so by the time you're putting everything together, you ask yourself on Ash Wednesday morning, how did this just happen? Because there's so many things that also can come and change the plans, things that just pop up and stuff suddenly. So logistically, you have to be prepared many months in advance. Hence the reason why we launch in August. Right. Um, the year before, because the biggest thing is production and right. sizing. And people assume, well, I should say, Trimbergonians assume that as soon as I show up by the mask, I'm carnival um, week, I could get something to fit me. It doesn't right. work that way. You have to plan in advance for stuff like that on top of all of the other logistics of branding trucks on the road, setting up a lunch stop, um, coordinating sponsors and vendors and stuff to go in. Then you have your distribution center to plan. You have over 60 something members of staff. You have to go through training, information. They have to learn the costumes. It's a lot of detail. When a masquerader says, well, I just bought a costume. No, it's not just a costume you paid for. It is an experience and it's everything else that we have to do in advance for you to put that costume on and then for you to come and enjoy yourself on your road because it is one of the misconceptions. I think that we have to change in the industry where it comes when it comes to a masquerader. It's not just a, a two-piece or a monokini and a backpack and a headpiece or a pants and band that you're buying. It's so much more than that because of the amount of work that we have to put in. As soon as Carnival is over, Yuma has have their theme ready for the following year. So it's tech, it, it's it's a continuous cycle. Do you, do you think over the period of time, because I know people usually say that when you start something from the beginning, um, it would be extremely challenging. And over the period of time, it, it would have gotten easier. Has it gotten easier for you guys to be able to do the production of a band every single year? Because again, and, and that's something that we're going to come back to in the discussion, the, the, the concept that people think that doing a carnival band is something that starts today for tomorrow. And that was ever so 
presently clear to me from St. Lucia Carnival last year or the lack of St. Lucia Carnival last year and the backlash that some of the bands were getting because of refunds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, this pandemic has been something that we have not seen in our generation and as mm -hmm. such have impacted business in total. But has it gotten easier or do you think it's gotten harder over the last couple of years to be able to do a band from back in 2010 when you guys had that idea and Monty was like, yo, we're going to go forth and multiply with this band to now. Man, listen, I went to court this morning. This ish do not get easier. And I'm pretty sure Gleason and Sabrina could concur. Listen, all these personalities, whether you have 10 people in a band to 5,000 people in a band, you must find one problem. Right. So when you, when you do the percentage um, and stuff, it, it, it's a lot. So it has not, it has not gotten easier. As much as Carnival is, 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 it changes so much, even from your theme to your model selection, to the creative that you want to put out for people to understand what it is that you want to say based on your um your your, your collection to right. setting up the the um launch with models and stage sets and then the music selection like when we when Yuma plans we plan especially right. when it comes to our theme it's something that every single year when we basically conceptualize we 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 look a lot into what's trending colors that um basically would come out like during um the fall fashion show and and colors that would be more visible to the palette come the following year so when we go into depth it's not just um you just put on you just stick beads and you put some feathers together like when we tell a story we tell a story based on the theme if it is we can't name the sections that relate to the theme then we defeat any purpose of our creativity so, so so that there we challenge ours we challenge ourselves every year which is probably why it becomes more difficult because we always want to top the year before um and then so you also have competition at the end of the day so when you have people in the arena uh you have to stand out and if it's one thing when it comes to our costumes like our theme is technically decided probably like the october november yeah. of, of the yeah, I guess the year before we parade on the road. And then come March, we go straight into designing. Right. And then from there now, we start our model selection from July. Um, actually, no, not even July. Uh, May, June, when we're doing our photo shoot. And right. then our selection for the stage in terms of who could carry the costume the best and which skin tone will look better in this particular color. Um, size matters at the end of the day. It's... Um, which which person have more of a rhythm and a dance because a costume you're in character you have to carry the costume right. you have to display and showcase it in a way that right. said that makes the the masquerade has to say i see myself like that on Correct. road Correct. so it's 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 a lot of psychological stuff that we deal with then the practical side so kind of costumes just don't appear themes just don't appear it, it, carnival is something that's a lot of hard work and i i don't see it getting easier um even amidst the pandemic there's just change that has to happen wow sabrina i wanna um i wanna pivot to you for a minute um because i know you are well mr job told me that you are the design boss so that's what mr job told me you're the design boss um Tell me, where did your passion for, for design come from? And as I said in the introduction, you are the co-owner of a band in Tobago that was the first all-inclusive band that came to Tobago. 
Um, could you speak to some of the things like what Tanya was talking about in terms of the challenges of doing a band like that in Tobago? Um, how challenging has that been for you in particular? Let me see if I can unmute your microphone for a second. Right, go ahead. Right, yeah. Okay, yes. So, um, hmm. Oof. I don't even know where to start because everybody's it's like, so stressed when it comes to this. Kalimon like, <laughs> <laughs> is supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be like, we, oh, yes. you guys are supposed to be here, like, like smiling and being like, yo, like it's the greatest experience of all. You see, the Carrington here is like, big up Yuma one time. So, I mean, you guys are supposed to be like happy, but you can tell that it's not entirely. I wouldn't say it's not a it's 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 a happy feeling to see the final product, but we can all tell that it is a challenge to make this thing happen, correct? Of course, of course, definitely. And because of the fact that um Tobago has been in the background of Trinidad Carnival and Trinidad Carnival being this big Ethiopia, you find that um, you know, not much emphasis or enough emphasis is placed on bringing Tobago Carnival or you know, bring it to the forefront as well. And just kind of touching a little bit on that fact is that, you know, you'll hear conversations about, um, we need to have a different date for Tobago Carnival. And I always argue that point that Tobago does not need, or I don't think from experience net, that we need um, a separate carnival. It can work because have different people want different things. Right. There are people who would want to come to Trinidad Carnival because of the stage, you know, when you travel, you hear people talking about, oh, my God, I have to touch the stage once in my lifetime. So, you know, we have that. However, because Tobago has that where they have the flights coming in from Europe, flights coming in from New York, flights coming in from Canada, you find that once it is marketed well, we'll be able to suffice or we'll be able to create something that is great. Right. One of the challenges in Tobago is the fact that because it is in the back burner, Oh, it is only bad burner. You find that people just give sort of mediocre costumes. They don't think through the, the, the organization does not think through all the steps in which they need to in order for it to become a fantastic experience. Right. Because let me tell you, when you're going down the Esplanade and you're feeling that sea blast on you on the <laughs> road in Tobago, listen to me. It is a euphoric experience, you know? Yeah. So but it is challenging because one of the things in Tobago is that people don't want to spend the money. They will spend the money to come to Trinidad. Mm. And one of the ma major reasons for that is because Tobago is so small. Right. And then when you want to go back into the office, all dainty and nice, people looking at you, but you was on the road with, <laughs> you were you were on the road with this costume and right. you were getting on bad. And then, you know, a stereotype on that. But it is very challenging because like, for instance, I'll give you an example. Well, with the band, when we started, we decided we are going to go with only three sec sections. Well, let me tell you, I should have just, we should have just gone with one section because it was that, it was that hard. It was that bad. And right. the Begonians, though, I tell you, they don't want to spend the money at all. They yeah. want everything for free. Yeah. So, and then we have the challenges of the road is being too short or Correct. the route is being too short. It right. is not organized well, you yeah. know, um, one of the great things though i must say is as a band leader um you have to worry about a truck so right. we don't need to worry about a truck on the road for carnival they organize that however again one of the other challenges that we have with the truck is that these trucks are being used for other events or other things that are happening around the same time of carnival in different parts of tobago 
Gotcha. So what happens is they would now go to, let's say, um, one of the other Grubsboro or whatever. And it takes forever for the trucks to come back because now they're going through because they have Juve all the time in Tobago. So Juve Monday, Juve Tuesday, Monday night mass. So the, 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 the truck drivers and workers, they are now exhausted. Right. So now you have to wait on a truck. So you tell your masqueraders, hello, you need to be there. So and so time. We get there on time, no truck for two or three hours. So 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 then we could say then that because of the the smallness of the island and the limited service providers that has to go throughout the entire island, you guys are kind of jockeying for position to try to see who can get who at any okay. point in time. And, and here's the funny thing. Um, you raised a point that I had for later on in discussion about sep not necessarily separating. I don't want to say separating, but looking at the possibilities because it has a bit been a discussion before of the, the, the idea of having two different carnivals, um, one in Trinidad, one in Tobago, and what is the the profitability um, that could be that could come from that. Um, but before I go into that, um, speak to us a little bit about your brand and how exactly did you get into design quickly? Okay, so the brand of JFab, the brand you're talking about. Yeah. So let me tell you quickly about JFab, the brand. So JFab, the brand, this was because one year I played mass. Right. And the costume was uncomfortable. And I was like, as much as it's pretty, we need to have that level of comfort because we were on the road all day, hot sun, you know, you don't want to have all that um, uncomfortableness. It was really, really bad. Right. Until I had to go home, I, I came on the road for a few hours, couldn't deal with the costume, went back home, take a shower, and came back out. So right. I decided, let me go and try this mask thing. But I was always into fashion because I owned a clothing store before. Right. And I always loved the, the fashion, the fashion um, business and that kind of thing. So I decided, let me go. And Tanya, Tanya could probably relate or remember my horrible costume <laughs> when i i said you know what i go and give it a chance let me design something and is i didn't like it or not like it you know my first first time don't even know what i'm doing i just feel as though i can make a comfortable costume I see, and you're pointing to you, so she knows exactly what well, you it was not horrible she's it was not horrible. <laughs> so see right. me gone real confident right but you know i understand the business and whatever whatever and when I when I didn't get through with 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 humor, I was like, okay, no problem. They are stronger designers than me. I am not going to knock anybody or feel bad about it. I said, you know what? I'm going to start a Monday wear line, um, and right. I did a Monday wear collection, which was called um, Expressions, right. and that was you know all the colors and whatever in 2016 for 2017 right. carnival, and that is where it really started. And from then, I just propelled, and then I got introduced to. Fusion mass, and that is how it happened. Honestly, right. but it was just—it was never anything that was a grand plan, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that is how—that is how it was born. That's what JFAB. It was JFAB body before, right? And it has pivoted. I like the fact that Tanya has been defending your first design. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that, that, that's good. That's that, that, that's that's oh, really good. good. That's really good. Um, Gleason Job, um, I've known you as an event curator. And then in 2018, I get a message from Gleason Job that Gleason is, is involved in, in carnival. Um, so was it your dream to always be involved in, in a carnival band? 
um, or was it something that you just saw from the business side, which is something we're going to talk about in detail with everybody back um, later on in, in, in the discussion. Um, was it something from the business side you saw was an opportunity to take? And as somebody who is in charge of a section, uh, how much input do you have in the section creatively? Um, because I've been in, in events for over, what's it, over 20 years, it was, it was a very easy transition. Um, and, and you realize everybody here has some type of event back when they would have been involved in, in the entertainment industry Correct. at some point. Um, when I started, I would have started from the days of Poison. So the first time I played Mars, I played with Island, well, sorry, with Poison in, um, I don't know if you remember, Sonia Mack. I'm sure you all remember Sonia Mack. And, um, and Marlon, Marlon Grant, right? Grant and Ice Entertainment, they had a section in Poison. He had a nickname, but I really wouldn't call that nickname. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Right. So, so I, I knew Marlon at the time, and he told me he was, he was, you know, he was involved in poison, and that's how I first time I played mass was with, was with his section in uh, in poison. So when he moved over to Island People, when they started Island People Mass, I did a bit of promotion for him um, at, at the time uh, for Island People the first year, um, and then I, I played with Island People uh, for about about three years, which to me. Was, was was one of the best times, most memorable times on, on the road. Those were the days of, of violent people on the road. Um, and then I would have I would have gone over to um, Legacy Big Mike. Right. Um, I did some marketing. I did some marketing for him for about, about two or three years. And then um, and then when I stopped, I stopped for about two years because I had to travel. And then when I came back, I started playing with Yuma, um, with, with with Sean and, and Antonio's um, with, with Yuma. So um, I played with Yuma for about four, I think about four years. And then I got I started I started getting involved in in, in the, the carnival events in Trinidad. So I was like right. I started to kind of take away my time from being on the road because I would be so exhausted from doing shades on Carnival Sunday with my kids silly right. another event, right? So um I stopped playing. I said, you know what? The next time anybody sees me on the road, I'm not going to be a masquerader. I'm going to be either a section owner or I'm going to have my own plan. Right. You know? Um so um, I decided, you know what? It's, I think it's time to approach a band because I think my events were getting big enough. I had a huge enough following, following both local and internationally. Right. And people constantly asked, listen, after you know, after events, you have a band, what band? You have a section, so we could, we're gonna, we vibe that you all have any party. Imagine we could just imagine what it would be on the road. You right. know? And I said, well, no, I ain't taking ready yet. I ain't ready yet. And then in 2018, you know, 2017, I said, you know what? I think the brand is big enough. I think we have a huge enough following. Right. I could fill a section be 200 persons, 150. And um, I would have approached several bands um, because my thing is, of course, sticking within the target market of, of who we who we cater for. Who you guys um, cater so, for, correct. Yeah. So I would have approached persons that bands that I think would have been a good fit for the patrons that normally attend our events. Um, I would have approached about three bands. And then I spoke to a, a connect that I had at Paparazzi, Horace. And um, he said, actually, he said, you know, the band is looking to expand, and I think it would be a perfect fit. And he's, he, he set up a meeting um, between myself and the band leader. And uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a match made in heaven after that. Um, that would have been 2017. The section sold out immediately. Um, almost immediately after launch people because again we had a huge following, so it wasn't it was not a problem to sell the to sell the costume. And then 20, right. transition to 2019, um, we had temptress, and that was that was one of the, the more popular uh, the more popular uh, sections in progress. So for me. You know, it was it was automatic. I'm involved in entertainment. I'm involved in the industry, and it was just an easy pivot into into being a section. Um, the second question is, um, is it 
how difficult is it? Well, do you, how well how much uh, input do you have in the section in terms of creativity? Okay, so as a section, as a section, you know, you have, um, I would say, ninety percent say in terms of what what goes on. Um, mm -hmm. The other ten percent, of course, is, is the band, the management, or the or the or the, the the parameters of the band in terms of where the band leader is expected expecting of the section, the section. Right. So in terms of the design, um, I'm responsible for the design, so I, I can hire whoever designer that I want. Um, oh wow, that's course, awesome. Yeah, it has to match. It has to match the theme of the band, of course. Um, so presently, I would have worked with Alexander, Ali, 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 Alejandro, sorry, right. um, who does work for everybody here. He, he has done work with uh, with Tan, with with Yuma, and um, and Sabrina is also familiar with him as well. And right. then uh, I would have done work with Sabrina as well because we were planning in 2021. If there wasn't going to be a carnival, and might have, the government might have decided to do a Monday where. Um, a mon our one-day carnival. Um, what we decided to do was to, you know, to, to do a monokini style um, approach to the band. And Sabrina would have designed um, uh, my my costume, which of course, well, we had no carnival, so right now the prototype is just is sitting there looking sexy on a monokini. And, right? and I, I will come back to that, to that that point you made about prototype because obviously designs were set for this year. Um, designs were set. Um, from this year from before and now well the, the real question is what will be done with that but i'll come back to that in a second uh quickly i saw we had some questions in the comment section i promise to get to that um right after i ask my guest the next question so i saw the question and i saw the response to the question where somebody thought that that was a fantastic question to ask um i want to get to tanya um and kind of dispel a myth about carnival right so as i was saying last year for St. Lucia carnival I remember a friend of mine who was in a band, um, they were getting a barrage of emails from individuals. I was like, yo, we want refunds now. Um, there's no carnival happening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She made a comment to me at the point in time that people really do feel like, okay, we have a band and the band is going to be launched next week and the costumes are going to be organized next week and then the band is going to come out next month, right? So for anybody who has or, or, or who wants to understand how much time goes into coming up with a concept, coming up with the band, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's take 2020, for example. When did you guys come up with the theme for 2020? And what does that production process look like over a period of time? And when you say 2020, meaning what we portrayed on the road, right? What we portrayed on the road, correct. Right. So the theme fit. Um, was born probably a no, it would have been like January, February of 2019, right? Right, um, because we were we already knew that we were celebrating 10 years, and right. we were like, okay, what theme would speak of 10 years? So 10 years is a milestone, right. and what do Trimbegonians like to do? We like to fet, so what it is that we um, pushed is fetting is a celebration, is a gathering of people, and it's a celebration. So right. that's how that's how we came up with that particular theme, and that's the meaning. That was the meaning behind it. So when um, the when it, when that was given, some of the designers were like, "What the hell? How are we going on fet?" And we right. like there, there were different there were different feelings or emotions that you get when people fet. You have um, the buzzy type of feeling. You have the razzle dazzle that is the shimmer and the glitz of carnival i'm right. trying to remember some of the sections here you have temptress which is the female <coughs> excuse 
the woman that you see in a party um that you're just like just tempting you to do something um we had stuff like um toast which is celebration um champagne wine that you toast and stuff and everything so the meanings the, the names of the sections had meanings based on what fetting is about what you may celebrate in for 10 years in terms of the launch the launch would have been in august so our photo shoots we actually had to like shoot two costumes the week of our launch like right. two, two like um it was pandemonium and temptress pandemonium was designed by mary Collette, and temptress is david dewar and pandemonium was that frenzy that frenzy that we get into when you're on your road right. so designing would have begun like march april may june then you, you bring it to costume critique you look at the colors you look at the feathers you look at the costs and analyzing these beautiful um pieces of um <laughs> creativity right. and then you say to yourself all right guys there is a way that we need to be able to capture the market there are some people that love feathers and then there are some people that just want to put on our body and just go on bad on the road that's right. me for example I, i'm not a feather person if you put on your backpack in the morning and you take them pictures ching ching when you <laughs> when you finish that you leave the backpack home or you probably give it to somebody on the road and you just want the freedom to be able to move so yeah. to be able to come up with all of those um options to be able to name the section to be able to price the section probably go back and forth with the sub our supplier out of new york and then producers here they have to come in look at the costume pieces um figure out ways as well that we can um how should i say boy if it is that there, there, there are certain ways to how should i say um give the product to sorry be able to do the product in mass without taking away from probably like the original prototype Right. So when you have vendors and stuff coming to sit down and go through, all of that is a process and a period that takes time. Because right. when you shoot that final product, that is the final product. And designers do not have, and Dinson, I'm pretty sure, is, uh, could, could testify, designers, you can't you can stifle their, cre their creativity. If Correct. you have them, they get very frustrated, and Sabrina will understand that as well. But, and I, 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 I am the capper. I am okay, cool, no problem. I love how this look, you know, this color combination look good, but what if we take this off here and trim this here? Because everything needs to put it in a, an affordable budget as well because it's the costume. Then you have the drinks package. You have the other items that a masquerader has grown to love and want, which is like your arm, um, your bag, your cup, um, items from sponsors, any um, the pants and stuff that we designed for the men this year. Our pants this year was based on our humor logo. So you go to a graphic artist, we say we want to look, to look abstract. Then you go back and forth with the pants maker. That took us probably three months to come up with the right prototype that we wanted. So yeah. the process, when you, when, you, when you just pick up your costume and it's like, okay, cool, Monday on your road, Tuesday on your road, it takes a, about a year planning. Take, yeah. And we still don't get everything right. Nothing is perfect, but it takes a lot of energy and mentals to be able to put your product out and hope that people like it enough to buy it. But I think we we have to just change the narrative and educate that it, it it's not just the costume. Yeah. Like competitions like these, we hope that that masqueraders will be able to understand it. And yes, a refund, if a, if a carnival is not happening or something is unsure, 
you, you're supposed to re um, request your refund. But I think if it is that we're able to break things down in a certain manner, probably from a cost perspective, and then you opt in to that purchase, then it's a better argument when the, it comes to, can I get my money back? Yeah. Because as soon as somebody don't get one feather, I want my money back. Yeah. And, and, and it's, 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 it's not that simple because we have to put deposits up in advance. We have to bring in raw material. Customs is a hell of a cost, which sometimes is <laughs> unestimated at the right. end of the day. You have, pro you have issues clearing feathers in Trinidad and Tobago. Right, right. The, the, them them peacock and them 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 turkey and them and running around here in the back of nobody yard. So you had to get it from South Africa, get it from China, and and women want the feathers. They yeah. want fake things. They want this fluffiness and the breeze and get a video and the boomerang and the selfie. So it's it's sourcing and stuff. It's 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 very very challenging. So. Yeah. As I, and I told somebody this, and um, I have to shout out my friend Cindy from Washington. I'm sure she's listening to us tonight. Um, she has this thing where every time she goes to a carnival, um, if you go into her room right now, because I've video chat with, I've had a video chat with her on occasion, and you would see all the feathers and all the headpieces still hanging in the house years later. And the truth and fact is that I do believe, especially in talking to band leaders coming out of COVID-19 and 2020 in particular, that a lot of people already don't have the full um, holistic appreciation for the amount of work that goes into putting a band on the road. And yeah. that's why when my friend was telling me, yo, I have people telling me, well, you know, you guys are supposed to have some kind of insurance for this and you're supposed to know well, if no carnival happening, we have to get a refund. But then thinking about it, you guys now are the ones that take the risks to mm -hmm. be able to pay the down payments to service providers, to go out there, to, to, to do what you need to do to make a band happen. And as much as it hurts the masquerader who gets the end product for your work, it will hurt you equally and sometimes even more by mm -hmm. the fact that you are not able to bring your investment to the road. Let, let, me, let me just draw a very simple, small example. If you don't have info at humorvibe.com, that is an email address. It, there's web hosting. There is web design. You understand? There is the backup system to the database. Those are things that you pay for. There is a phone number that you have to call. That staff, is a yeah. that has to be paid for. You have staff at the end of the day. If we are not current, we can't do no stem and feather, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so there are there are administrative costs. So when we say that carnival is year wrong, our band, Yuma band, don't shut down. Because we are, yeah. uh, we are, our brand is not just in Trinidad and Tobago. And just to correct one thing that you said earlier, sure. the links are not with um, Exodus and 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 just for fun. We actually co-own Exodus, oh, yes. with, correct, with, correct, with Dream Weekend. And in terms of just for fun in Saint Lucia, we co-own a the the biggest cooler party on the beach. Yeah. So so when you think about things like that, it's 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 it. You have to use marketing and branding and different things to be able to even get to another island or even be invited to be a part of somebody else's carnival because governments in the region have taken carnival and owned it in a way. Right. So when you have the government saying, 
all right well this is saint lucia carnival and this is cayman carnival and stuff there's certain provisions that they they have put where some bands are concerned not all the islands have this there eh, but some islands have that secure that security we yeah. don't have that as private band owners right so when we when we start and we inject x amount of capital into um prototypes for designing and then the graphic to put it out and then you have to tease and then social media everything so that marketing cost has also gone up as well so yeah. you have to, and you have to continuously be visible and do things so it's it's the the payment for monday and tuesday we need to look at it as 365 days of the year or 366 correct. if we have a leap year yeah yeah correct. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that let me go back to sabrina because i want to get to my question i don't want anybody to tell me i'm not getting to the question so sabrina i have a question here um do you feel that tobago's carnival would benefit from marketing its carnival bands and costumes and events to trinidadians who might be interested in participating in a more intimate carnival so i will i will go to that part of the conversation now because I'd save that for later, but I think it's important. Sabrina, do you want to bring it up earlier? So, Sabrina, do you think that, that, that Tobago would benefit from that? I think actually it would because um, I would have had, or we would have had at Zane Carnival, people coming from Trinidad and actually playing with the band. Oh. And one of the things that we would have done to attract people was create packages for them. So what we would have done, we would have done hotel or accommodations, we would have done tickets, we would have done car rental, and we would have linked people with like juvie bands as well. So I think once it is marketed well, once there's a good product, and we put it out the way it's supposed to, I definitely, definitely think Trinidadians would feel the need to come because it is really very intimate. No lie about that. It is really, really, really very intimate. And um, again, it, it is not... How we put it across is the revel and relax packages is how we call, we, we do it. So you're not just coming to Tobago to play carnival, but also experience the beauty of Tobago as well. So it's like a mini vacation. So it's right. a plus, it's a double-sided kind of sword we're working with there. So as a result, I believe once again, once it's marketed well, because even we wanted to also introduce like um, having um help me these jet ski things the, the little toys yes yes right but again it is so much work as as tanya was saying it is a lot of logistics there's a lot of put you know working with different people and then i'm in trinidad and i'm the one who's really you know kind of propelling the banner or that that at the helm there you know yes i have support in tobago but it's only if i say well do this or you know and um, so going forward, hopefully, keeping my fingers crossed, is that we are going to just go on a huge marketing strategy, have a great marketing strategy to try to get people to come to Tobago because there are people who also can afford the, the costumes in Trinidad. But you know, it, it, and, 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 you know, fortunately and unfortunately, that's just the reality of it, you know? That, that, but to, is, that is correct. To go with that, um, so let me be the one to throw the spoke in the wheel and have a little bit of a different thought process to this. Um, so as the three of you all would know, uh, a couple of years ago, there was some talk in St. Annals of Trinidad and Tobago that Tobago should have a separate carnival. The idea was for Tobago to have a separate carnival from Trinidad's carnival. 
Um, and it was just because um, the culture and, 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 and the economy of Tobago is set up a little bit differently from Trinidad, obviously. And because of that, um, there can take some time, the time can be taken to be able to build both carnivals, especially Tobago Carnival, which could be like a big tourist attraction coming on later in the year. Um, let me ask Tanya, what, what is your op opinion on that? Do you, do you think that that it could be looked at at the, at the possibility of having two carnivals or do you think that what Sabrina is saying in terms of having Tobago as an alternative carnival um, at the same time a TNT carnival and marketing that in that way so even if it's the tourists to say look um, I know you guys love Trinidad Carnival it's fantastic we know you play with Yuma every year it's fantastic uh, but if you want something small a little bit more intimate you can come to Tobago for carnival I don't know what's your take on it um, hmm, this is when I need to be um very diplomatic. <laughs> I, I told you at the beginning that you were you are the most outspoken person in the panel, but I do understand that you carry many hats. So, I, yeah. I do, I do, and I was looking for my hat to put on tonight. Um, right. Why can't we have three carnivals? And I, mm. I, I say it in this instance, right? Trinidad and Tobago, there's that and in between. It's one nation, one flag, one anthem, one pledge. Patriotism at the end of the day, we're not supposed to be separated and divided Sorry. when it comes to what Trinidad and Tobago owns, which is carnival, a national art form, and then our national instrument, which is our steel pan. Right. What Sabrina highlighted is something that I have experienced in going to Jamaica, because you know what? They basically have one carnival. Right. When you go to Bahamas, if you go to Cayman, Barbados, it's only one carnival at the end of the day. She's also correct in terms of funds, economics. Economics is major. There are some people that can't afford to play with a big band or medium band or even a small band. But it's the, it's the euphoria of what the country is experiencing at that time is what draws people in. However, it doesn't negate the fact that there are some people that want to have a more intimate experience and want that rest and relaxation type of staycation, vacation type of vibe. Because again, you cater for everybody. So not everybody want the jump and wave, the wine and misbehave, or even the bikini and beads. Some people want the art. That's where you have like the key to pay and stuff. You want that type of, you know, feel of if it is that you're floating on the streets. So at the end of the day, I think if it's properly, if it is that our government agencies or the bodies that control carnival um, take this time, or I guess had taken this time, um, <laughs> to mark certain things out differently and understand the psyche of our, of our locals, then the foreigners that touch our shores, because Trinidad is marketed to come here and enjoy yourself, wine and jam for a week, get on ban and then try to hold up Monday and Tuesday. But you do have the ones that want to experience that may want to come to Tobago and play with Zane Carnival and still be able to go Pigeon Point or go Black Rock or, as you say, take tours. So why not have a third option as well? Not, not taking it away from the February, Sabrina. Have a third option during the year. You feel I want to probably go to Tobago and, and turn a little costume too, probably in, in September or July or August. And say that how oh, this is some this is this is taking carnival to the island on a larger scale in with our foreigners involved. And you use the island and you use the tourism factor of the country to, to bring more people here. Because the other islands do it. They yeah. have basically taken our carnival, 
sell it as part of the tour tourism package. I don't yeah. understand how we launch Carnival in, I don't know what, October, November, December, January sometimes. Well, it usually is like late, or probably November, like November. Yeah. The point is it late. And I understand we're probably waiting for the budget in September, October to read. But the point is, is, is that it late? Because we know Carnival coming, you know. Since it's what, 1881 with the riots, Scambole riots, we know Carnival here. It's embedded in the soil. You understand that spirit and soul of this festival is here and it, and it should be here to stay. So I feel as if it is more of it can be done to, uh, to be announced in a bigger way. And we need to reclaim at the end of the day that we are the Mecca of such. And yes, people may turn around and say, but you more all, all, all over the place. At the end of the day, if you, if you see yourself as a global brand, you won't just stay in a local mind of thinking. You yep. understand? If, if 2020 and the pandemic didn't happen, we were reaching as far as Japan. We were going to be in at least eight to 10 carnivals in 2020. So it, it's, just the, it's just the appetite to share the culture. And if people overseas seen what we have done and say, I want to bring that to my island. I want to bring that to my country because I have experienced it here and I want people to know and understand the culture. Then you can't hold anybody back. You understand? Yeah. So... Yeah, I think we can actually turn this one. We could roll up in April, May in, in Tobago and Shimi by Sabrina. <laughs> you see that that is the kind that is the kind of passion that 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 we continuously like to hear on this podcast. That is the kind of passion that we like to hear. And 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 the points that you brought were, were so pertinent. Um Greason, quickly, um, as I invest in carnival. Um, what do you think? Do you think that 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 we could do like what Tanya is saying? We have three carnivals. We kick it in 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 April, May, and we do something again in September. What what, what is your take on that? Quickly, well, I agree. I agree hundred um, percent. The space is there. The opportunity to to shift and to to create a whole new a whole new weekend, so to speak, a whole new uh, carnival during the year is there. It's all about just thinking outside the box. Yeah, marking that that period and of course giving the time to build of course if, if we mm -hmm. decide we do it next year not going on you know so you said it you set your your parameters as to what you want the carnival to look like in tobago let's say if it's april may june whatever it is and you build it you have all the right systems in place and then you gradually watch it grow into the next big because that's how all the other islands started they would have started off with uh, the local band um you know local designs whatever the case is and slowly but surely it started to build to the point where Everybody wants to go to Cropover, everybody wants to go Antigua, everybody wants to go to Lucia, Jamaica. But Jamaica, look who's going to Jamaica. And I think Jamaica is a, is a perfect example. They, now they had carnival for a very long time. Mm -hmm. if, if, I don't know if you noticed, over the last five five or six years or so, they have taken a whole new approach in the way how they market Jamaica, and how they market Jamaica carnival. You know, yeah. to the point where people are saying, you know, Trinidad, I feel, I feel, all they're they're shaking all the cage, Jamaica yeah. shaking all the cage. You know, so that's something that we had to look at. And because Jamaica, as far as I'm concerned, based on my experience, they operate as a unit. Mm -hmm. You know, they operate as a unit. So all the bands, as much as there's all these different bands, there's, there's still a collective movement in regards to the bands compared to Trinidad, where, you know, it's not saying that there's not competition, it is, but there's still conversation that happens amongst the different band leaders. In Jamaica, there's a, there's, there's, there's a relationship and an understanding because this they are looking at the bigger picture. Jamaica has to win. That's All what right. they're looking at. Jamaica Carnival has to win. And when Jamaica Carnival win, we win as smaller, as smaller, um, as, sorry, as investors in the carnival. So doing a, 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 a ban in Tobago or carnival outside of the, the, the typical Monday and Tuesday uh, Trinidad um, date 
it is it is very workable. I do I I mean I've spoken to, to Sabrina about getting involved um, as well too. And um, I mean I, I'm sure if Carnival if this COVID thing didn't happen, I would have been up in Tobago. I would have shimmy be shimmying too. You know. <laughs> yeah. so the, the word for United is shimmy. That's the word. Shimmy. You went for United Shimmy. Uh, once again, to everybody that's joining us, um, if you guys have any questions or comments, make sure and get any comment section on YouTube or on Facebook. We'll get to some of the questions. I have one or two questions still coming through, and I'm going to make sure to get to them in a while. Um, I want to pose a question to the three of you all to get your answer quickly on it from each of you. Um, so let me start again with Tanya. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, what do you think is the most challenging part of producing a band for the road? I mean, there are multiple challenges. So we, we already established that there are multiple challenges in putting together a band. But is there one thing in particular that it doesn't matter how many years passes, this one thing or, 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 or that one element is always going to be something that from a scale of 1 to 10 is always going to be a challenge to get over? Hmm. <laughs> oh boy, you hit me now one day. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I think the mentality of the people in the industry. That's a profound Yeah. Um, you have persons that love the culture, love the carnival. Um, and want to be a part of it where they most more, and i'm speaking more from a production perspective because production is the most challenging thing in a band you could pull a truck out on your road whip up some branding on that and put on some speakers on a generator and stuff and drop a console and you good in a couple of days you know but there's no, there's no promoter you're no yeah. promoter what you say console yeah. oh gosh yeah you understand we have event management in um in we bones eh? right um, but you see production i i've been able i've been fortunate i should say to visit china way before COVID-19 um, and I've seen how diligently they apply themselves whether they understand English or not once you show them something it's just a continuous pattern that's just churning out like that and here one I don't think we have enough producers to mm. deliver to all of the bands right I think we definitely have a, a, a shortage on seamstresses because not everybody could work with spandex and they tell you plain as they, if it's spandex, I can't sew that. So we are always looking for talent and looking for new people to be able to introduce the carnival from a production side. It's only X amount of feather men, feather persons, let me say that you have. Some of them don't want to necessarily teach their skill because assumption is it's gonna take food out of my mouth, right? But if it is that we, uh, if it is that the country itself, I should say, the bodies are able to tune out producers, it not just it don't only take care of Carnival, Trinidad, and Tobago, but we become a manufacturing hub for the rest of the islands and probably the world, because most of the designs that leave the that um that people see around the region and 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 internationally is from Trinidad and Tobago. So if if that's the case. And they don't have the skill set to be able to deliver then why not develop the skill sets here so more people can be employed and then more people at the end of the day can speak towards our culture we have found designers out of producers 
We have found seamstresses out of producers. There are additional skills to when people look at a, a, a waistband or um, piece and stuff. And then, you know, the argument is why send things to China? It don't have enough people in Trinidad and Tobago to produce carnival. And if carnival is, let me say, 25,000 people and bands launch at various types of times of the year, you still have to go back to probably the same 10 seamstress. And, and if somebody, if a band has a seamstress and you find that person, Lord, try to hold on to your head. Because when that person take on another contract, you there wanting to know, Lord, I want my thing first. And this, that, and who needs to rush to get on the cutting floor first. And that, that's the, that is the biggest mental challenge here at the end of the day. And I think if it is, we look at mass, mass in mass, M-A-S-S, I think it would help um, deliver the production of a band better. So sometimes we really, really struggle. Like we learn to stick feathers and stuff in our camp by by fault, you know, getting burn mark, glue mark, burn all kind of thing from a gun. I, I never even understand those things until I got involved in production a couple of years ago. But let me tell you something. When you masquerade on something, you need to figure it out on the spot. But, but and if yeah. you yeah, yeah, the funny thing about it, and this is one of the things about the Creative Collective podcast that I try to throw out into the into universe for understanding. And I guess any of you could could, could respond to this. Um, but I'll stick with you, Tanya, then move on to Sabrina. Um, I genuinely believe that in Trinidad and Tobago, we have placed emphasis on young people sticking with the professions that everybody knows are the big professions. You want to be a doctor, a lawyer, uh, whatever. You, we all know the professions that are considered um, the top tier in the country. Mm -hmm. But I still do believe that when it comes down to the creative industries, as you said, um, being able to sew, being able to, to put together a costume and these things that could be looked at as big business, we only have a small cross-section of those people in our country because on a wider thought process, people don't look at that as big business. We don't view that in, in, the, in the global scheme of if it is that you become somebody who is a specialist in this, then you can go on to be able to create designs that are not just going to be for the small market, but it's something that can be taken on an international level. What is your take on that? Let me tell you something. It all starts with education. We were taught in school, as you said, that we need to be a doctor, a lawyer, not even an agriculture grower, you understand? And I think, and this, this might be a whole other topic, a country needs to recognize and understand the demographic, you understand? So if it is that I, if it is that you realize that there's only a certain group of people that gravitate towards medicine or towards um, being a lawyer and stuff and everything, it must have something else that people could do. Not everybody, and this is no, no disrespect to anybody at all. Absolutely. Not everyone up here could do those jobs. Correct. I'm sure I, I wanted to be a lawyer. And when I realized how much books I had to read, I was like, hell no, I out the door with that. You understand? I wanted to be a flight attendant. And when they say, you know what? Save other people before you save yourself. I was like, yeah. hey, you see that? I ain't too sure I can really live up to that. And I'm being real with myself. But I am not a, I am creative from my mind. Ask me to create a costume. I can't even tell you how to begin, but I can look at something 
after when it's in it's when it's in train i'm like okay this is my view on it and there are some people like that if it is that our country don't shy away from those type of professions we may have more professionals in those professions and i think that creativity is something that is not it hasn't been sold properly to generations because from the time we can live up to being a doctor it's like all right okay you're no good we exactly. study hard in school yet yeah, but but it, it had man it's honey man during the, during the pandemic right well not well, the pandemic still going on during last year when it's about lockdown when the air condition break down you know you had to call the ac man yeah. when, when plumbing going all right you had to call the plumber when yeah. when if it if it is that the garbage man in pass outside the collect garbage we have a problem on the streets so at the end of the day any job once it's an honest profession and you know you're making your pesos from it, it should be celebrated. Not everybody was born to be a doctor and a lawyer and a physicist and a biologist and a this, that, and all these kind of social media also change that. You could you could now become an influencer, a YouTuber, and make millions of dollars. And I ain't saying it for everybody either, because that ain't that ain't for me. But at the end of the day, profession, even job titles and stuff has have, um have evolved. So if it is that you know this, this, your hands are good at this, and that's what you want to pursue, you do the research, whether it's government, whether it's um, private and stuff, and you go at it at the end of the day. That, that's my view on it, honestly. That's powerful. You, you mentioned you mentioned pesos. Pesos, the pesos are no value. We don't want to pay you. No, sorry. Well, 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 you know. Are you saying a rupee, yeah? No, 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 I think if we look at, at the carnival industry as a business mm -hmm. um, at, an, at a national level, my personal view is uh, the government, they don't take carnival serious, right? They mm -hmm. don't take the entertainment industry serious as well too. Because I mean, the fact that NCC, of course, now they I see that they're going to be putting out a digital platform. But prior to that, for the for the minister, uh, sorry, or for the chairman, sorry, to be making statements like you know NCC is not going to get involved in Carnival 2021, you know, to me is is is, is blasphemy at the highest level. Um, and you would notice the, the few times that they have spoken about Carnival and the entertainment industry has been in passing. So what does that say to, to somebody who's an aspiring um, events manager or an aspiring um, costume designer. designer or whatever? It's like, you know, those jobs are not taken seriously. I mean, they place no emphasis on it. the fact that they haven't come out and officially made any type of proper statement in regards to Carnival. This is the plan. As I said, the few times that they have mentioned Carnival, it was because a, a media practitioner asked a question about Carnival and the prime minister would have said, unless something Miraculous, miraculously happens. No carnival is going to, you know, it goes to show again that there's no respect for the industry. Um, and because of that, it then trickles down to the, to the small, to the ground, as in somebody seeing it as, well, you know, it's, that is not a lucrative uh, industry for me to get into. So maybe I, I would want to become a lawyer or a doctor. But people like Sabrina, people like Tonya, we, and, and, and others could tell us that, listen, you can make a proper living off of this. And as much as, as, as much as, it's a billion dollar industry. It's also a small industry. 
let's be real, it's a small industry because we mm -hmm. can identify someone, we can identify amongst the four of us who are the big players in Canada. Who are, we can tell you who are some of the big designers because it's a small industry, but it's a billion dollar industry. It's one of the biggest the industry we got to the US um, yeah. for, for, for Trinidad. But again, because it's not seen as a serious industry, people see it as a, you know, it's a vibe. You buy them when you try to make quick money. Uh, they're trying to take people money. They don't care. I just like what Tony would have said before, the kind of work that goes into producing. Listen to me, it is ridiculous. It is, mm -hmm. it is sleepless nights. It is your fingers sore, your back hurting. It's a very, very strenuous, but it's, it's, it's something that you get involved into, especially if you're, you're creative. Something that you enjoy, you know, the 24 hours of not sleeping, being on the road, whatever the case is, you seeing that you seeing your product come to life. It's something that it brings a certain level of joy, but it's not easy. And there's no insurance, even if there's no insurance attached to this, there's no, what do you call it, when you reach 65? No retirement, government no retirement. Are giving you no, 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 no retirement. So you have to put in all your work and do what it is you need to do. And again, I think that there's still no respect on the industry. And that's why you find a lot of persons still not because that, and Tony is right again. When you look around, it's a handful of sim shirts, it's the same pool of tailors, the same pool of sim shirts. We all know them. I'm sure mm -hmm. between the two of us, we can identify who, who these who the sim shirts are, who's the, who the person who the students are, do the sticking and you know, the, the, the backpacks. We know everybody is because it's small. And mm -hmm. that's why we have to, a lot of, a lot of people look outside for, for production because the industries are smaller because from a government perspective, I think if they had a proper system in place where they invested more money into the industry and really streamlined it, I think it would have been in a better place and people would have respected it. Yeah. Ms. J. Fab, do you, do you have any, any, any comments on this quickly? Because I have a question for you, but I want to get to that shortly, but do you have any comments on this? And I agree with, with, um, with both Tanya and, and Gleason. I also feel as though they are square pegs and wrong holes. I am sorry. And what should happen, this is just my opinion, is let the younger ones hold the top or be at the helm. The ones are more creative, who are thinking strategic, who are not, um, what's the word? Because Trinidad is somewhat of a reactive society and not proactive. Because we could, should have sat down since this pandemic started and sort of map out ways in which we can go forward without even having a carnival, have a contingency plan. Right. And as Tanya said, you going to launch carnival two months before carnival, that does not make any sense. So right. it's almost like you, we are spinning up in mud. We are just there like, well, we don't know we have had carnival since 19, however long, 18. However long. You understand? We don't know that. Every year is the same thing. And I just believe that what we need to do, we need to get the younger ones involved, get them at the helm, have discussions, um, come together as a unit, as, as Gleason said, where all the other countries, where all the bands are to come together. And it's not about, well, I want to be the best and I want to run down on this and cut you off. I want it, we need to have it where we are on the same playing field in terms of getting the brand of Carnival out, not just for the diaspora of the Caribbean people who may be in the US or maybe in Canada or maybe in whatever part of the world. And the only time they hear about Trinidad Carnival is because they have a friend from Trinidad or they have a friend from the Caribbean. We need to really come together as a unit and go forward with, you know, investing the money and being a great part, especially government being a great part of, you know, just putting out a proper production. I'll just touch one thing that 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 gets me really, really angry. Like the production for um, 
Fantastic Friday. In right. this day and age, with this beautiful technology that we have, that's the kind of streaming we have. That is, that, what can we do with that video to send out to the world and say, yeah, this is our culture. Yeah, I, I it's laugh. Deplorable. I laugh at that because um every year annually when we watch it and, and you stream it on the internet, um people are saying it, it feels like we're watching so come on, I can't dial up because um of the type of stream that we get in. And I I, I definitely agree with you that I think, and I, I made this point to Tedison John last year when it came down to Soka, that we've treated Soka like the outside child music. We haven't treated like the priority music of our country. Um, mm -hmm. I think the same thing comes down to carnival, that we treat it like the outside child. So there's no carnival this year. Um, so you know what? Let me just relax ourselves till 2022 or whenever, you know, just we're not going to do anything. We're not going to go pawn any virtual, anything or whatever. Meanwhile, this has become not just part of our, our culture, but it's part of our economy. And I do agree with what Sabrina just said, because I think that the succession planning now of how we take the industry forward is more important. And if it is that we, we continue stifling people with the foresight that's going to be able to take our our culture and this this art form into the next um, direction, um, we have to start giving young voices um, not just a voice to say, but actually some level of power and authority to make decisions that can take us forward. Which is one thing I've always loved about the fact of humor, that concept of, of, of trying to be able to um, galvanize young people together. And when you look at the humor team, there's always a lot of young guys that, oh, every year there's always young guys are involved in humor, guys who are out there on the ground, guys who are part of the promotion, guys who are part of helping the decision-making process. I remember sitting on a meeting a couple of years ago with, with a lot of the guys, and some of them were, were, were 10 years or, or, or more younger than me. But just by the fact that um, Monty, you know, God rest his soul, wanted to ensure these guys were empowered and that they knew that they, they could contribute to something that was greater um, mm -hmm. than themselves as well, about the whole. It was always good to see that, 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 that young innovation involved in the band. I think that is something that Sabrina touched on that is really, really important. Um, I want to get to our question quickly um, because I saw it here. Um, so I'll, I'll start with Sabrina. How has Monday wear transitioned from wearing your costume bra and short pants or half your costume on Monday to being a full business where even bands are offering Monday wear at an additional cost? Um, I think, and, and I'm going to be very careful with how I answer this question, right? <laughs> how? <laughs> listen, let, this, let me do listen, it quickly. This podcast is very transparent, so you can speak and say anything that you feel. <laughs> I think because, again, with the lack of expertise in the production and also, uh, you know, the, the quality of things are no longer as great as it was before, we find that when costumes are produced, and I am not sure if it's because maybe, it's because of the amount now that is being produced where it's probably rushed. And the costumes are not, or are no longer being able to stand up to the test of times. And I think people, you know, they, they are more out and they enjoy themselves a little more, I'm thinking. So with that, what happened to, is that people now are very fashion conscious. They are mm -hmm. conscious of the fact that I am on right. Instagram. I cannot be on right. the road with the same outfit on right. Monday right. and on Tuesday. So I need to be 
stepping out there, looking the part on both days in different things. Right. Yeah. So what happened now, there was a, 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 a hunger for that um, difference. So we no longer want any little pom-pom shorts and a little tube top with the name of the band. I want to outdo my friend. I need to be stepping out. And with me, I could talk about me too. I come out with my wedges on the road and I in my proper Monday wear and Tuesday I'm looking different. So what happened with that is that there was a need and there was a market to now get into that. Once you come with great creation at a great price and you know, great customer service, boom. That was it for me, right. at least. That wasn't well, that's what it was for me because people would come to me, Sabrina. I need to get so and so, and I want a custom piece because I don't want to look like everybody else on the road. So it was just a, a need and a and a hunger to look different and to step out and to um, what's the word to just differentiate yourselves from the others. And you know, women, how they are, they can't right. be looking, they, they don't mind on the road carnival Tuesday. <laughs> But on Monday, and then Monday too, you know, you're more free. You want to be more free. There's no set of extra things all overhead. Peace. Next yeah, piece, I, put peace. I remember somebody telling me that Monday was the, 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 the get crazy day. Tuesday's the picture day. That's yeah, the day where they go on the road from early. Yeah, yeah. Monday's yeah. the day where you want to look good as well, but you are now free. You don't have to stay in a section. You, you can roam. You can have a good time. And then you look different. And for me, that is what that was the deciding factor too. Besides the fact that my costume was not taken by Yuma, wink, wink, Tanya. <laughs> Whoa! On the next day, so I have to be looking great both days differently. But look what coming up on a whole J Fab the brand. Oh, exactly. Exactly. In the what? individuality. Individuality. What is for, what is for you is for you, you know. Exactly. You understand? Correct. Exactly. Yes, Correct. Yes, yes. So so it was a it was very easy. Once you know again, as Tanya said, you, you understand the demographics, you understand your customers, what they want, what they like. It's easy to turn it into a business once you know what you're doing or you have an idea and you do your research, which is really very important. You know, mm -hmm. that is really, really very important. So once you do those things, you're good. And customer service, customer right. service. We need to get that right in Trinidad. Right. You said right. an experience that Tanya, Tanya said, we excel in an experience. From the time you hit, put your video on out with your with your um, collection and you you from when you produce it and when you do your collection, everything is an experience. So once you create that, you can make a business out of it easily. Okay. Tanya, um, just, just for my knowledge, and please forgive me because I want to make sure I understand it properly. I'm a little bit of a virgin when it comes down to these things, so please forgive me. Um, does Yuma do um, Tuesday costumes and Monday wear, or is it that Monday wear is outsourced to other designers? Um, and is it that you can purchase your costume and um, um, attach Monday wear to that? Or is, is the logistics of that too challenging? I'm just asking that because, again, from my band experience, I know a lot of people do the Tuesday costumes. Um, they would give, uh, as, as as Sabrina said, you'll get short pants or whatever, whatnot. But there are people that want more than that. 
So is it that your band offers the Monday wear option as well to go with a costume? Man, you don't have to sew 2,000 fancy. You think that it's company to sew 2,000 monarchini. So, 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 so then we're looking at the business of it. We're looking at the business of it because that's what we say. We look at the business of it here. Is it then logistically um, possible um, to be able to produce a band where you come into Yuma and Yuma does this this section where you get any full costume for Tuesday, but hey, it's up on Monday. We had to go with that. Um. To be honest with you, originally when we began, we would have done the the common thing, the shorts, the vest and stuff like that. And when Monday wear came into play, which again is the in individualism that a woman wants in particular, um, basically that's not something that we looked at doing because we also have designers within our circle that has that as a business. So why do you right. want to compete? Right. We would not... For us, can we do it? Yes, we can. But then it would also take away from other people in the industry that focuses specifically on that. So in, in this instance, um, if, persons, if we get emails all the time when people are registering, especially if you've never come to Carnival before and stuff, and you hear, hear about Monday Way and this, that, we, we recommend the people that make Monday Way and stuff to our masqueraders who register with us. It's like, you know what, we know these people, you could check their Instagram and stuff and everything because it's not something that we wanted to add on to everything else that we have to do. Because when Trinidad and Tobago is producing, we're also producing Jamaica as well. Because Jamaica Carnival is April and our carnival will end like in February. So you're basically producing two bands at the same time and jamaica our jamaica band is almost four thousand people right so so it's it's not um i don't think i need all that extra work you know i want to remain as young as possible um it, it's not about money all the time not, not, not on not on this side i like to sleep <laughs> yeah now all right I, I get you i get you um I just, uh, just uh, one quick point yeah, Lisa, go ahead. Um, I believe that 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 uh, that monarchy aspect, as much as it's exclusive, I think, and, it, and this is overall. I think the industry is, is fueled by women, and women want to women. And I think Sabrina touched that women want to stand out. You know, they, they don't want to. They don't want to, especially you now with social media. Uh, that's a whole different life. That it takes on a whole different life of its own. So you know, they want when they put their pictures out there with their friends, whatever the case is. They, there's a uniqueness in what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and they're willing to spend their money. Let's be real. Yes, men, 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 men operate at the helm of the carnival industry, but women are the biggest clients, right? And basically, comes down to what what do women want? And they constantly drive the the, the, the designs. They drive, <coughs> excuse, they drive how a designer takes his his or her creativity into into you know the design into context. But it's all designed. It's all done based on the influence of women. And again, yep. women want to stand out. Women, you know, that the industry is run by women. So they, they want when they step out on the road, it's a, it, 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 because remember the photographers are out there. And you mm -hmm. don't want to get caught in the back looking. You, so you always want for the camera. You always on for the camera. Once you once you spend your money on a monokini, you're on for the camera from the time you step out, whether it be from your phone to a photographer. And I remember that's the, was it the only two days where it don't matter who stopped you to take a picture, you're taking a picture. Because yeah. you, you, it's a production. You know the monokini on the monday your costume on the, on the tuesday and i've always wondered and i think this this was because of a solution 
you know, uh, because what they do, they have pretty mass on the Monday. On the Monday. Uh, on the Monday. On a style or, or shorts or whatever on the, on the Tuesday. Correct. And I found it to make so much sense. I Because you remember when we jammed and fed up the souls on the Monday, and then you're tired because you had to go and beat your face at four o'clock Tuesday morning, taking the whole production. You come out on the road. The Monday, the Tuesday vibes is, is, is really two different experiences. I was like, you know what? So when I experienced the notion, I said, but you know, this is a very interesting uh, mm -hmm. model. Pretty mass on Monday, and it's, it's way into Tuesday night. And I really like that that that, that thing because it also the, the focus. If if we switch it, it really gives women the opportunity to do what they have to do on the let's say the Sunday evening well, into the Monday. Get ready, and then on the Tuesday, you know, it's full flight to you know, the short pants or a monokini or whatever they said to come out, but it really changes the dynamics of the experience. Gleason, I'll, so tell you some, I'll tell you something, Gleason. I understand where you're coming from about you know having the pretty mass on Monday and you know, uh, the concept of doing that and the short pants and stuff on Tuesday. But listen, there's there, there's nothing like a determined carnival woman, right? So, whether pretty mass is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day, of course, of course. they're yes, not yes. going through that. They're going to get up two, three, sometimes long before that. I know friends who, who do the makeup the day before, make sure and go and sit down in an air-conditioned room to make sure that nobody touches them in the morning when they bathe, they make sure to shower from here down so that at the end of the day, the makeup is not touched because them not going through that is carnival yeah. i want to look up particularly i want to feel a particular way and and you're right i mean it's, it's a people think that carnival yes is about the music and about enjoying yourself on the road but it's a feeling of being able to dress yeah. in something that accentuates you in, in in the beauty that you have already and to be able to, to go out there and celebrate that freedom in the costume that you have you know and it's 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 the, it's the time of the year when you can free yourself from some of these stresses that you have we we understand that is one of the main reasons why people play mass because this mm -hmm. is now being a different version of yourself for two days of the year you understand yeah. and where we've realized now when people go into different carnivals it's two days of the year in different islands and different countries right now but yeah. that, that 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 is good to, to jump into my next point because i want to uh to, to take us down the line to wrap up shortly um i was one of the individuals who sat a couple of weeks ago and looked at um back to blue um, virtually on YouTube, and while, while while watching it, I remember seeing the after the first the first session of of the live. There was a second section where Cohen Dubois came out and he was singing his songs in the middle of the street in some part of Toronto. And I remember saying to myself at that point in time, it is painful for me to see a celebration which is driven by people being around each other, enjoying company, listening to music, as we in the DJ will like to say, getting the bass hit on your chest and being out in the sun and then having to downscale that idea to something virtual. So I want to throw out a question to you guys. Do you think virtual carnival makes any sense? And I'm not talking about presentations to, to remind people of the brand of Carnival, but I'm talking virtual Carnival as in, you know, we'll be going to in your house and you put on your, your headpiece and we're going to have an EJ playing or whatever, whatnot. Do you think that virtual Carnival could in any way um, replace um, the, the actual feeling of being on the road at all? Because that was a discussion I had with someone yesterday, that given the direction of where um, COVID-19 has taken us, there may need to be some level of downsizing to carnival in multiple places. And there was like, you know, we could be able to do it virtually and do it at having a physical carnival. 
I am one that believes that to me the road is the experience. But I would be really open to hearing your 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 guys' thoughts. Let me start with Tanya first. Oh God, wait! I know you're not saying I'm gonna get the charger for my laptop. It's dying. <laughs> this I'm gonna get the charger. Start with somebody like, else. All right. Let, 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 let me let me start. Let me start with Miss J. Fab. Sabrina, you go first. You go first. I believe the road is the road. There's no other experience than that road. That euphoria. That ability to just express yourself, to let down your hair, to let down everything. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. yeah 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 for sure so a virtual carnival no and i will just kind of go on to another part where i i think that maybe virtual memories of or let's just say to inspire the youths who may want to become part of carnival or be a part as you know stakeholders in terms of design and whatever and and production that what could have happened or what could happen where you want to do virtual is maybe do some reenactments of maybe when we started carnival was the origination of carnival how to do a steel pan some okojambi how you walk on stilts something like that yes and put it out market again um the whole carnival vibe but for now there's nothing that beats the road for carnival that you could listen to me Listen to me, Shamari. Let me it is it is a euphoria. It is something that it lives in your soul like Marshall and, and Destra would have sung the next Ronald Tobago Anthem. It's a feeling in your soul, in your veins. You have to be on the road to express to take a little jam, to raise your leg, to wind up on the ground. You have on your pretty, pretty costume. No, you can no 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 nothing virtual. I'm not doing that. Because I can get a jam how I want to jam. And I like the jam. I like to go up on cooler, on the truck. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you tell me I have to stay home now, although they're a little bit black to blue, I end up in, in the same Monday we're here with a kitchen towel, sweating, <laughs> running down the corridor. But it's not, it could never be the same because, again, it's an experience. Is this, You haven't seen people for a very long time. Yeah. You, haven't, you know, people, is a reset for some people. So some people, yeah. they come from wherever they come from to experience the carnival and is that is what propels them to to work when they you know after that carnival is a year again they're not seeing them they might go out they might yeah. save towards that carnival to just express themselves so yeah. virtually um no they want to be in a costume with the feathers or no feathers whatever on the road yeah I, I agree with that because i tell people like as a traveling dj um i've been fortunate to meet people from all over the world and it is only during carnival time, not just here, but in other islands that I get to see these people. I mean, yeah, we'll speak um, virtually during the course of the year, but it's only at carnival time where we know, hey, I'm going to see you um, the Thursday before carnival. I'll be in Trinidad. Let's make sure I link up or whatever. Hey, I'll be in St. Lucia. So, 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 so. so it comes as a reunion of sorts for me with my friends. And I know for a fact that that's something that the virtual experience can't replace. Um, Tanya wanted to be able to, 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 to comment on that. But also, if we think of it in that context, then what then is the pivot um, that we can do to probably get the closest to that experience, if anything can be done at all? <coughs> Excuse. <coughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I like Tanya. I like Tanya because she said in the beginning that she wanted to be a lawyer. And you can tell... <laughs> 
You can well, tell the intricate detail that she takes in her thoughts because she wants to ensure to reflect the proper views that she wants to on one hand. But you can also tell that there's a thought bubbling in the back of her mind that she's like, she's telling herself, just don't say that. Don't say that. Don't yeah. say that. <laughs> um, to add to Sabrina, a virtual feel is a temporary high. Hmm. The explanation she just said in wearing that piece that she has on the mannequin and using that kitchen towel to run up and down the hallway, it's a temporary high. It gives you this and then you come right back down the next day because you get back into the real world. Carnival, Monday and Tuesday for masqueraders, it's stress release. Yeah. It don't matter where you come from in the world. It is that time for you to definitely be somebody else, but to also be your true self. Yeah. There are parts of our carnival that can be done on virtual platforms if it is our beautiful agencies take the time or have taken a lot of the time last year to educate, right? right? From, the time we, we, from the time we stop speaking local, and we speak to an international audience and presence, there are people that have heard of Carnival, want to experience Carnival, but don't even know where the town, the house in Twin City, how far it is from, from Fetton Town. Right, right? Yeah. So we yeah. have time to engage people from around the world to say, this is when you come to Trinidad and Tobago for this particular experience. And these are the different places, things to eat, um, um, parties to go to, national, um, the, the history, the traditional parts of Carnival that we can educate because at some point in time, hopefully if all goes well, our borders will reopen. That's and I think that, that, that's hopefully so. Yes, it is if we have to do anything or talk anything right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's right now, six months, a year. It's from a local perspective. Right. But but people are people outside gonna be like, I wish I was there. So yeah. how can I get here? And if we show the reenactment of the Cambuli riots, yes. if it's that we explain what Juve is and the history of Juve, if you understand what a Dam Loren means, a Blue Devil, a Moko Jumbe, and we break down those things from a tourism perspective, it feeds the Trinidad and Tobago brand of Carnival, but it feeds Trinidad and Tobago as a brand. Because tourism at the end of the day, we are no oil. You understand? Them barrel days on them. Yep. So if it is that we, we, we're focusing on agriculture to feed ourselves because we have a forex pursue. And the only, the only international event that I can picture right now from a forex exchange is carnival. So what are we doing to remind people that this is where you need to come? Because where we're positioned on the map, we're at the bottom. You can fly to Jamaica from Miami and take in like an hour and a half. You can go from New York to Barbados. There are islands that are in closer proximity that sells their island so much that I and all us want to go there. So right. if, I have, if it is that we want people to come here to experience not just Monday and Tuesday, because masqueraders assume when you reach Carnival, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that's all you know about Carnival, you know, it's fet after fet after fet, and then you roll. It has so much more that that a, a foreigner can experience 
And if it is that we want to drive revenue and we want to drive brand Trinidad and Tobago, we need to educate. We, we try on our side as much as we can when we go through certain teams. Like when we did FET, we came up with our own meaning because somebody had asked us, what, is, what does FET mean? You know, but we had to explain what it was. And then when they experienced the road, it's like, I get where, I can't remember where the lady was from. She was obviously not from here right. um, and stuff. So you, we have to plan that in our message and in our marketing anytime we're doing um, our carnival and stuff. But we need to track back before Monday and Tuesday what it is happens in um, July, August, September, October, even Tobago, Tobago Heritage Festival, um, Gold Race, all them thing. These things are um, sold so much from the Tobago side. So it, it, it remains as part of a calendar of, of events. Where are the calendar events that educate and speak Trinidad and Tobago? Where am I taking my nephew or my niece to experience a Blue Devil show or a Jab Jab Typer show or, and, and stuff like that before you just put them on the road Monday and Tuesday and pray tell if there's five years and they see this woman coming up in this on this underwear and this, this wire bra and it's kind of like mommy mommy but I mean yes children will just go wild when they see color but they need to see more than just that Monday and Tuesday they need to experience the culture and I think if it is that we work together in a in, in a unified manner. <laughs> we can get some ish done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kalisa and Job, um, one of the things I've been telling people is that for me, we don't treat culture with the priority that we should. And because of that, we, we continuously run into the issue where, as Tanya was saying, everything is all separated, fragmented, and we don't understand the importance of selling the brand Trinidad and Tobago. I always tell people that on any given day, I could go on YouTube or I could go on, on, on TV or like on CNN or any station, and there would be a broad documentary on something that has to do with American culture in some particular way. You can learn about um, past presidents. You can learn about um, a hip-hop artist from when he was he was born in Brooklyn to becoming to the big stage. And you can meet his friends who know him from since wherever or whatnot. But when it comes down to us being able to translate document and sell the brand and the culture of carnival and from Trent and Tobago. It seems to be problematic. So now with the idea of doing a virtual carnival, um, what do you think could be done now at this point in time? If we, we've all understood and come to the understanding that it doesn't make any sense having a virtual jump up on the road because we all want to wind on the road. We want to feel the sun in our face, right? We want Tanya to wrap up on the Tuesday. She can go home and sleep. We want all that to happen, right? But what do you think could be done at this point in time for us to sell the brand Trinidad and Tobago with Carnival going forward, at least until we have the opportunity to be on the road again? Well, I mean, in order for that to happen, a collective conversation needs to happen. Right. right? And as I said, I think that... Um, for Trinidad Carnival, there's so many small segments um, of, 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 uh, of, el of, of elements that are involved that make up the whole collective. We need to be having a conversation where all the major players are involved. And that, that comes from the, 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 the NCC, and I'm calling the NCC to, to all the different governing bodies um, that are responsible for rolling out some aspect of, uh, of our local carnival. Um, and it goes back to the point that I made before. I think from a national perspective, the industry is not, the carnival industry is not treated with respect. It's always seen as this wine and jam. Uh, 
it's a day for sinners uh, on the road that's all they know to do the band members just want to make money nobody sees it as a proper proper legitimate industry and in order for us to speak internationally we have to speak locally if we if we collectively can speak locally we can't talk to nobody internationally Correct. what's happening internationally and that's that's happening here with all of us because we we are driving our brand up the islands up to europe up to america whatever the case is because we want to see our brand grow but collectively um because there isn't a unified front uh, from 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 all levels, from from the top come down, then you find individually brands are going out and, and you know creating their own their own pathway to success. You know whether it be Latonia uh, them uh, planning to do in Japan, in Japan, um, JFab, you know exporting her, her her brand, me heading up the islands, heading to Europe as well. Um, because if well, because when I go out, there's two things: I'm representing Trinidad, but I'm also representing my personal interest, which is is my which is my business. You understand? If collectively, because if you look at, and I can't just give an example, if you look at uh, Andrew Bellamy and uh, the back of it, Jamaica, Jamaica. Right? They, right. They, they do Sun Nation in Trinidad. And yeah. they, they, they started that fed, I think, about three years, about three or four years ago. Now, that fed on the Friday is one of the biggest all inclusive fests on the Friday. Now, they didn't come to Trinidad by chance. That was a con, that had that, that, that concept of idea was born. From uh, from in Jam from Jamaica, and if you look at all the brands that supported the local arm of that of that event, it was a lot of Jamaican brands. Yeah. So it was not the, the, the sponsors as well. Even though the brand was not the event was not in Jamaica, the Jamaican brands also supported because, as I said, it, the, the idea is Jamaica has to win, right? Yeah. Jamaica has to win. So what they would have they would have had a chance here. They had using both all these Jamaica celebrities. Hey, because convers this conversation happening locally. So yeah. when they when they start to move look um, um regionally and internationally, it's, it's a language. It's a language and a and a but mm -hmm. it's a teaching plan. So then I don't have that. Because we, we don't, we don't have. Exactly. It's too much hands, too much too, you know, too much hands. We be real, it's too much too much hands, number one. And because from a national level, the picture isn't clear. Look on the on the ground. Tanya and Newman know exactly what it is they want to do. I know what it is I want to do, so we don't know what she wants to do. But if at a national thing, at national level, there is no 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 uniform way of the language that we put out on the international level. Come on, we're going away anytime soon. So for us now to look at a virtual carnival in whatever aspect, you know, whether it be from a digital platform or just packaging something, I, that that is not going to happen. And if it's going to happen, it's not going to happen in the most effective and efficient way that it, it should it could possibly happen, where all the players are involved. Because it can happen, you know, meaning all the players could get together. Because, but it, when you look at the tone and you look at the foundation of which our carnival is set on, it is not a, it is not a collective and it is not a collective movement. It's yeah. pockets of people doing their thing for the most personal because you know people trying to make their money as well as establish a business so that they can take it and they can sustain themselves. So yeah. to say we to say we take any language and and taking it abroad, it's not clear home. So if every language is clear here, so what's what's the vision for carnival for the next five years? Okay, okay, well. Let's bring in all the players, all the stakeholders, and have one collective. How are we taking Trinidad Carnival to an international scale, an international um, market? And I'm not talking about Yuma doing something here, I doing something here. I'm talking about Trinidad, Trinidad tourism to Trinidad Carnival. When you talk about Trinidad Carnival in, in Switzerland, it's because it is something that was strategically done here, and it's and it's, they are benefiting from it because it would have been set here. A team yeah. went across is one language in that case where is a training across that he decided to do something. No, it is it is it is very strategic. And yeah. Because yeah. we don't have that, you know.
Tanya, you wanted to say something quickly? This is, we are not um, Rio de Janeiro. We're not Brazil Carnival where it, you know, they actually perform and parade with an enclosed route and people look on. And you film that and you package that spectacle from the samba schools and these lavish type of costumes and stuff. That can be done on the streets in Brazil and it could be shot in a bloody virtual format. That's yeah. not who we are. We are a social culture that have to hug and bounce and be like, you know, long I see and Weibo had a pickup. Like this is this is how we interact. And when you when when you and your girlfriend or you and your partner singing a song and you're jumping up and you take or, uh, the man take off he, he jersey and you're ready to like wet down somebody, that experiential side cannot be replaced. Right. So what what if and if that experiential side cannot be replaced, which is where from our side, we are that experiential side, kind of on Monday and Tuesday. But the brand can say so much more because we have the traditional side of our carnival to celebrate. We have music, music, the universal language, the thing, apart from some sports, music unites. It don't even matter what language it's, it, it, it's being sung in. Once you understand that beat and that rhythm, anybody in the world could move. So how come we, we, we can't, educate and speak towards that. Give people that type of to bank and emotion, feeling that make you want to, oh God, boy, when this carnival come back and I can be on this road again, I learn so much and I feel so much that I feel like I didn't miss something, but uh, the only thing I miss is the road. So you have that yearning hunger for yeah. people wanting to come here because you, you was able to feed them the other parts of our culture, which is Trinidad and Tobago. And that there, that there drives a, a passion inside yeah, that's, that's as much as I could um. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with Tanya um, when she said that, when she's saying that, um, you know, I mean, education is key at the end of the day. And for us to move forward, we need to educate. And as Gleason would have said too, that, 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 that division, there's no iron team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to come together. We can't have Jamaica or Barbados packaging our stuff or what we created and throw it out there and they're getting people, all kind of people coming to, to, to Barbados Carnival and we over here like, but um, that's our thing. So how can, again, I will go back to square pegs and round holes. They need, they need to stop. They need to go back, retire early, do something, go on some trips and just let us come together. And I feel as though we come together for certain things so like sport here for carnival, we are, you know, as friends or whatever, whatever. But when it comes to where we can make an impact, where we can create livelihood, like proper livelihood, mm -hmm. this is where we really need to put everything aside and say, listen, how are we going to move forward with taking Trinidad Carnival to a different level? What are we going to do? Who are the stakeholders involved? You know, let's stop the bureaucracy and the red tape and the headache. Let's just all come together and have conversations to, to, to make this thing happen because it's, it's far too long we are doing this. And it's like we're spinning up in mud. It's like you're wasting time. Well, I don't want to talk about it because I get I'll, upset. I will say two things quickly uh, before we go to your last question for you tonight. One is that at the end of the day, whether you're 65, 75, or 85, 
And if you are in a position where you have some level of control or some level of authority when it comes down to carnival or culture or anything for that matter, if you gain that check, you probably ain't going nowhere just like that, right? So my point is, is that as much as, yes, we want young people to have that innovation and to be able to put their ideas to drive the industry forward. If you're at a particular age and it's more about self um, and getting that check, but not necessarily about the culture, and the chances are that you probably are not going to put yourself in a position for that succession plan to happen that easily. The sec and I see Tanya smiling and she put down the pen. Every time she puts down the pen, I get scared because I feel like she's going to say something. But two, I always remember um, doing Beckway in St. Vincent and um, crop the, the team from Barbados was there with the crop over, no crew left behind promotion. And you're seeing all these people coming from Barbados, the artists on board, the tourism industry on board, promoters who having different events supporting the initiative because at the end of the day, Barbados has to win, right? And even we're seeing with the other islands now where St. Lucia, for example, they sent a team of artists um, to do a North American tour in 2019 to promote Denry Soka culture because they understand that carnival was coming and they want people to, to, to be able to come to St. Lucia, spend money, go to the hotels, enjoy right. carnival because St. Lucia has to win. At the end of the day, what are we doing right now for Trinidad and Tobago to win? Is the real, 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 real crux of it? And it's so interesting talking to you guys because each of you have some powerful ideas on how it is that we could do this. But I guess we all are faced with the conundrum that exists in Trinidad and Tobago and the frustrations that we have. The frustrations that allow Tanya when she has a point to make you see that vein coming out the top of her head <laughs> because she knows that these are things that she's been talking about for such a long period of time. But at the end of the day, how it is that we move from having great discussions like this to now making these things active um, changes, making these things into active changes. And that, I guess, is where the challenge lies into place. I'll let Tanya respond to that quickly and then I'll move on to your final question. Because I see you have a response. And I want to make sure I'm, I'm taking your full time now because, again, I'm very blessed to have all of you all. And I know that we discussed this from before. So I'll, I'm interested in hearing your point to that and then we move on to your final question. No, oh, and if I could, um, I think that um, any a lot of what I said here as well, I believe it would be team discussions in our organization. Um, a case here, yes, you no shade, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, no shade, no shade. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, we need the historians, right? We um, we're currently running a running a um virtual. Uh, video series with Digicel, um, which is press play. And right. what we've done, what, what it is that was requested is how to bridge or educate lyrics from the from young artists as well as artists that would have been back in the day, if you want to call them that, or even one hit wonders. And in listening to Ronnie McIntosh, speaker about, and still saying be we compared to Caribbean Airlines. And then when you listen to um, and I, I'm, I'm gonna let me let me make sure I use the two people that have been used right now. And you listen to Nadia when we focus on the lyrics of So Long I See and that type of personality, and then learning that she actually sang songs in Arabic, Ar Arabic, sorry, before she even um got into soca. It's it's like you need to bridge the gap. We need history at the end of the day. A young person can't just walk in there all confident and cocky and say, I know this thing. 
Right. You need to be able, the battle needs to be able to be passed. Correct. But people in authority and of various ages also have a challenge with being challenged in their position when you have fresh blood coming to inject what they know now. Mm. And it's a fear that that generation goes through. I'm trying to say this as diplomatic as possible. Um, yes. and, 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 that's, and that's, that's fact. But how can we work together to be able to watch the bigger picture, which is brand Trinidad and Tobago? Yeah. It's, not, it's not because somebody coming younger than you that is like, you know, I automatically come in to take your place. We also want you to listen because what we observe now, what we research now, how fast the world is changing, even the way that you market, you have to listen to a younger audience. So yeah. when we say no virtual carnival, all right, okay, NCC, no virtual carnival. So then what? But then in January, you say, we're going to focus on 100 years of carnival. It goes right back to... It was announced since October. What are we doing? Yeah. Even if we cannot parade on the streets, how do we engage Trinidad and Tobago via TV, by, via the newspapers, via the radio, whatever we can to keep the culture alive? And that's why I have to, I have to, to big up um, Digicel, and, uh, Digicel because when they say cash that carnival lives on, they're flying that flag and it actually make you feel something that, that 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 you can't go on the road but you could experience the music you could yeah. experience something else when you see a, a blue devil dress up you hoping he come in and blow that fire near you to feel that heat but it's not he ain't come for you you know but you just see him and you just react a certain way so i think that if it if people in the positions that they've been that they currently hold really and truly pay attention to where the other carnivals are to where we are at, we have to we have to kind of reclaim some of that positioning for us yeah. to have a very a, a great a future that speaks Mecca, which is who we are at the end of the day. I I want you to hold on to that point because I want to get to the final question for everybody. I was gonna ask everybody the same final question, but that point that you just brought. Um, I have a question in the comments here that I'm loading. I'm going to save that last question for you and we'll close off with that for you tonight. But let me get to the final question for everybody quickly. Let me start with Gleason first. Um, of all the things involved in the, the, the carnival band process, what do you think is the thing that you miss the most for 2021? In terms of the process? In terms of the process. Um, I would say the... the, the the prototype, seeing the prototype come to life, seeing it move from, from the paper to the actual presentation and the model, and watching right. it at the camp before it actually is presented at the band launch. I, there's, there's something, there's a, there's a feeling that, that comes with that, that, that you know, it, it moves from the sketch into what you now consider, you see the, the actual feathers, you see the plumes, you see the colors, and it feels like, listen, this thing really happening, you know? Yeah, we definitely on the road next year. Um, so I really enjoy seeing a transition it moved from paper to, to the actual prototype and seeing it come to life. And of course, making whatever necessary tweaks on, on the actual model before we actually do the band launch. I really, there's something about that. I, I, 
for me, it really registers like, okay, this thing, you know, it's it's here. The prototype is here. Apart from right. the skin, the sketch and stuff, I've seen it on a model in the barnyard, in the in the barn house before the barn launch. I don't know. It's just it's, it's just a, a feeling that I really, really, I really enjoy, and I really miss that because for me, it really, it really sets the tone to okay, barn launch is next. And being there, seeing people reaction to your costume and stuff like that, I mean, I, I live for that moment. It's a very enriching, very, you know, euphoric feeling at the time. So. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina, for you, um, how have you pivoted now, given everything that's happened in the world? Just speak to your pivot in your business. Uh, obviously, you know, there's no carnival to enjoy on the road, but at the same point in time, you're a designer at heart. So what do you think right now is the pivot to be made during this this transition, as we should say, in how we entertain ourselves? Um, <clears throat> for me, what I have done, and um, it could come under entertainment or just, you know, that transition, um, I no longer can design for Carnival, Carnival Monday or any other uh, band, wherever. So what I've decided to do, which I wanted to do for a very long time, was to transition into a lifestyle brand. Right. So with that being said, I am staying true to my whole carnival vibe and aesthetics. But I've decided, you know what? Let's do more with the brand. Right. So we have the carnival vibe that will always continue. So if you go on my website, you will see a whole page dedicated for carnival. Right? Or to carnival. Um, you know, doing different things to keep my 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 followers entertained you know i brought out a, a sleepwear collection you know i would have done videos and stuff you know just to keep people giving them tips about skin and health and all those great things and you know to the spa and you know so for me now is just kind of keeping the brand alive so that you don't forget where it is or where it was and what we are doing to ensure you know that that carnival that whole carnival vibe to just kind of live on but in a different way yeah this is how we can you know still enjoy what we have but then have other offerings because if i if i were to depend on the carnival only i would be i would be out of business like yeah. in the flick of a finger just as as COVID came about yeah so at this point in time is pivot stay true to what the brand started off as and entertain as much as I can while I can, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, ask, I ask you that question because one of the things I like to do with this podcast is ensure that when people tune in, especially younger individuals who are looking to get into the business that we're discussing, they understand that you can make a pivot even in the challenges that we have right now. Of course. And exactly. the truth in fact is that you've been able to make that pivot still staying true to Carnival, but at the same point in time, changing your 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 design to a more lifestyle brand. So anybody out there who's listening, as the any day, even though Carnival may not be happening, it doesn't mean that that you can't stay true to the essence of who essence. you are while pivoting into something else that everybody else will probably enjoy and buy into. I did take a little bit of innovation and a little bit of, of, of trust in yourself and actually some bravery, you know, some confidence to say to yourself that you can make this thing happen. Final question for you tonight, I'm going to say to Tanya, and this question comes straight from the internet. <clears throat> can TNT lose its title of being the best carnival in the world given the promotion and packaging other countries are doing of uh, doing of and the growing popularity of other carnivals never right um 
Carnival was birthed here. It's the only uh, island or the only country that can, that can speak towards pan, the only instruments invented in the 21st century, mass from traditional meaning of mass to what we now call modern mass, which is, you know, beads and feathers. Um, you have our soca music. You speak about Trinidad and Tobago as a whole brand. The only thing that people can truly export from here is a design. Right. Because even, even the experience you feel on the road in the other countries are different to what you experience here. Yeah. When you interact with a foreigner here and you bounce somebody up in a party and you have a friend that, that you're meeting one of them fets and then you're, 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 you're trying to meet them in the next fet, it's an entirely different experience when you, in, when you, when you come to Trinidad and Tobago for carnival. Nowhere else can pick up what is birthed here 100% and fully own it. Yeah. Right? Um, once we continue to see ourselves as the Mecca, understanding that mass, pan, soca, the history, that's, as, as I mentioned before, is in the soil here, and we do everything that we can collectively, there's no way that we can lose the title. The difference that people or other countries have now, especially Caribbean, is that all they simply did was put it as part of their marketing strategy for tourism. Right. Yeah. You cannot go to Barbados and get 20 or 50 something steel pan playing panorama. You got no pan semis in, in Antigua or anywhere. So where else are you going and get that? You have to come here. Where else are you going and get the riots reenacted on the streets? You're not going and get that anywhere else because it doesn't belong to anybody else. So if yeah. it is that we keep that at the top of our mind and we continue towards branding Trinidad and Tobago as one, it's have no way that we can lose the title. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the answer. I love the answer. I think that as well, all the other carnivals have a unique culture to each of them. But at the same point in time, I'll say this. Um, I have friends from all over the world, all over the Caribbean, and they have on multiple occasions said something to the extent that I love my home carnival. I love to go to other places, but at least once in my life, I have to do Trinidad and Tobago carnival. And that speaks to, I guess, the positioning that we have in the world of carnival right now. And it's something that we have to own and be able to defend in a particular way. But we also have to be, be change agents when it comes to innovation. And that is the main reason why it is I was so glad to have the three of you all in different areas that you're in, um, the different expertise that you all bring to the discussion. Because again, um, we look at carnival outside of just the two days of the year. We look at carnival as something that we celebrate and something that we work on 365 days a year. And just to go with that point to close off quickly, I remember having a conversation with Voice two weeks ago, and he said he went to a meeting uh, with some young people, and I said, so outside of singing, what do you do as a profession? And he was like, no, this is what I do, I sing. 
And it, it it's amazing that there are many people that don't understand that even within Carnival and this, this is what many people do as a profession, as a designer, as somebody who's invested in it, as somebody who travels to see trends and changes to be able to bring it forth on the road so that people can enjoy experience to people who have learned logistics just for this experience and to be able to contribute and consult to other carnivals across yes. the region because it's not just here. So I think it's important, again, that these ideas come out and not just come out, but we find ways to make them actionable. And that is the one thing I am hoping that from this series that we can actually get to people who can look at what we're doing, look at the, the discussions that we're having and saying, yeah, these need to be actionable items as Trinbegonians that we need to put into place. Because at the end of the day, we understand the importance of this to the fabric of our society, but we also understand that we have to defend it to the fullest and we have to be change agents so that when people look at us, they understand that we are the number one carnival in the world. Yes. So on that point, I want to thank the three of you all so much. Uh, Tanya, I especially want to thank you because when you came on, you said you weren't at 100%. Yeah. I really tried my best to, for the conversation to stay in an hour and 15 minutes. But you're, you have so many strong, passionate opinions. And it's it's very valid points that need to be heard. And I'm glad. I mean, I've been getting messages on, on Instagram and WhatsApp while I've been talking. So I'm just not taking them on that. People are saying, yo, this Tanya, she talking to me. Everything <laughs> right now, me why people don't talk to this girl more? I never liked speaking much to be. I said that on Bestra Show recently. I was I was always busy just doing what I need to do production-wise. And as you said, we move from one carnival to the other and stuff. So it was always that for me. And when I'm focused, I'm zoned in. When I'm working, it is yeah. all about nothing else matters. Yeah. And I've, I've gotten complaints from my family, my friends. They're like, oh, gosh, but well, you're always working. So they know not to call me during particular times in February and stuff. So I am um, now that I've been given the opportunity to speak because of time, um, I'll, I'll, I'll say what needs to be said as, sure. as, as diplomatic as I can. And at least I went no I had no filter for my mouth. So I sure yeah. probably says yeah. the same way. No one says you're trying to work on something. Somebody calling you all the time, like, what is person calling me for? Why, why are you calling me now of all times? <laughs> but no, on a real though, I really want to thank the three of you all for being part of your discussion tonight. Um, I look forward to everything that you all are going to bring forth in the weeks and months and years to come because I see success in this conversation. I see success by three of you all. I see somebody who's going to change and transform the Tobago scene in one person, Sabrina. I see somebody who's going to change and transform that scene. I see a guy who's going to invest and bring more things to Carnival, Gleason, and of course, the lawyer and the individual who is going to go out there and talk the truth that needs to be heard. I see that in you Tanya. So, yo, I'm really appreciative for the time that you all made towards the podcast tonight. And again, we look forward to success from the, from the three of you all in the future. So, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been the Creative Collective Podcast, hosted by Shomari KRL.